Coming up on this week's show, we are going to be taking a look at the latest Sony franchise, Jumanji, the next level. Taking a look at the critical Darlene marriage story, which is streaming on Netflix. And our top five will be top five movie sequels nobody asked for. All that and more coming up on Filmology. So, uh, once again, this is Filmology. I am uh, John Galarwitz, also known as Johnny G in the site, and I am joined by a new member of the Filmology team. I am joined by Mike. Yay! Yay! I'm Mike. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, why, why don't you just start off uh, right now and tell everybody what your favorite movie is, and, um, and uh, we'll, go, we'll, we'll go kind of from there. My favorite movie? Yeah, also, uh, maybe not your favorite movie, but like... What what are some of your favorite films and uh, your favorite genre of film? I guess I'm just gonna say Independence Day is my favorite movie. <laughs> it's not the greatest movie, but I enjoy watching it probably the most. Or Star Wars, one of the Star Wars ones. I was not prepared for this question. You, I apologize. You're not for this question. That's okay. <laughs> I, I I don't like to tell people what I'm asking them uh, until I'm already asking it. So uh, that, yeah. Anyway, so once again, guys, we're gonna have a fun show. I'm hoping a fun show. But uh, before we get into everything, uh, we do have a Facebook page, uh, Filmology Show. I would like to say I've been trying to post on there a little more often, but uh, this whole month of December has been rough, and uh, I haven't been posting much. And apparently, I also have an Instagram for Filmology and a Twitter. I can't tell you the last time any of those were updated. So... If you want to follow them, you can. Uh, everything is Filmology Show, but uh, don't expect any content to come up through that. Really just expect content through the Facebook page. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, want to tell Mike how he's wrong on everything, you can email <laughs> it to filmologyshow at gmail.com, and I will make sure that Mike gets those emails uh, sent to him. I bet, I bet he's really excited for that. Uh, I am. What do you put on the Filmology Instagram page? Usually, it's just, "Hey, here's a picture of the movie that got a movie that has a review up, and then a little bit of the review, and then it's like, "Hey, go check out the website." But nobody on Instagram likes to check out the website; they all want the, all the content right there. But that doesn't do Makes sense. that doesn't do me any good. You know, we aren't <laughs> gonna get into the conversation about how Instagram is one of the worst things ever invented today, but. Instagram is one of the worst things ever invented. <laughs> okay. So just, just, just so everybody knows. Uh, Facebook's also pretty bad, but I think they're both owned by Facebook, so... Yeah, man. Facebook. It sucks. Uh, anyway, uh, so if you guys want written reviews for anything, uh, we have written reviews since uh, 2013 up on uh, com. By the time you guys all hear this, you'll have reviews for the new Black Christmas movie, Jumanji The Next Level... Queen and Slim, and of course, Marriage Story, among countless other reviews up on the site. So, filmologyshow.com, it's where uh, the podcast is hosted, that's where reviews are hosted, and if you look, uh, you might find a contest. So, just a heads up, you might want to go over to filmologyshow.com and take a look. Before we get into the review, uh, we're going to actually jump over. Um, Samantha, who is going to be, you'll hear her coming up on a Disney podcast that we're going to be hosting up on uh, 
the Filmology website, going through the whole Disney canon, all of the Disney shorts. It's been uh, a work in progress for the past five months, and we're finally going to start releasing podcasts. So that's exciting. Uh, but Samantha and I went over to The Void in Minneapolis. Uh, not Minneapolis. Bloomington. Uh, over at the Mall of America. And we did uh, Jumanji uh, Reverse the Curse. So here is our thoughts on Jumanji Reverse the Curse uh, before we get into the film review. Hey everyone, this is Jonathan Galarowitz uh, coming to you from uh, the Mall of America. I'm joined with Samantha. Hi. And we are here at uh, The Void. We are going to be doing the Jumanji Reverse the Curse experience. And uh, we'll get back to you after we do this augmented reality, virtual reality experience. Uh, and uh, after, once again, after we do it, we'll get back with you. Ah, bah, bah. After we do it, <laughs> we will be back to you with our thoughts on the experience. Happy Jumanji Day. Jumanji is in grave danger. And we're relying on you to lift the curse. Okay, we have just gotten out of the void. Reverse the uh, the void. Reverse the curse. Okay, we have just gotten out of the void. Jumanji. Reverse the curse. And uh, Samantha, what did you think of this void experience? I mean, we've done Star Wars: Secrets of the Empire, Avengers: Damage Control, Ralph breaks the internet, whatever the VR experience, whatever that was called. We've done that. So this is the fourth one that we've done what did you think of jumanji reverse the curse i loved it oh my gosh i want to do it again even though i know everything that's going to happen um i really loved my character and i liked how you know you could have different characters and they do different things so they have different strengths and everything i thought that was really cool it's, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, that's one thing that's really awesome about this experience here versus, let's say, uh, Avengers Damage Control or uh, uh, Star Wars uh, Secrets of the Empire, where you're all the same characters, you only have the same uh, power sets, but basically you're like... You, you, for your Avengers, you have your hands, which are the repulsors, or you have the blasters. But for this one, I mean, you, you can either, you, uh, like Samantha here was uh, the zoologist, uh, played by Kevin Hart in the movie. I can't remember the zoologist's name, uh, but don't eat the cake. <laughs> I absolutely love playing the zoologist. I love animals in general, so it's just an extra touch that made me happy. <laughs> Yeah, it was very cool. And I play. I was uh, Bravestone. I was I was the Rock. Who, uh, man, I I think it was kind of a pointless character in the game. I, don't get me wrong. I loved this game. This uh, VR experience. Loved it. But there was nothing special, really. I feel with my character. Like the other characters are like, oh, there's hieroglyphics you can read. Or, I was able to talk to animals. Or, or you could talk to the animals. And I was just kind of standing there being like, okay, I'm confused as to what's going on, but that's okay. Uh, but you still had a great time. So what's good, if you go with a group of four, uh, for this it was just Samantha and I, and then we had um, our Void employee w with us. So, crap, what's his name? Sanchez. Shout out to Sanchez, freaking best. 
and I can't remember his name. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was the best. Uh, worked out really well. Uh, had some slight kinks getting in, but it worked, everything worked out really well. Um, I was kind of worried going in because some of our equipment wasn't working, but then uh, it all worked out, and uh, I, I, I had no problems. Samantha, did you have any problems with it? Nope. Nope. So, yeah, so when, when you go, uh, for, for those of you who have not done any uh, Void experiences before, before, you are given a headset and a, like, giant vest to wear, and that tracks your There's all these computers tracking your movement in the game, so it lets you, like... When you look at each other, like you're looking at the people who you're with, and they're the characters in the game. So that's, I mean, that's really cool. And uh, so, like, I mean, you can like actually grab things that interact with the game. So there's parts where you have to grab a torch, and you grab that torch, and that actually like does it does things, which I didn't even know because I didn't grab it till the very end of the game. So, but 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 still really cool. I'm not I'm not bitter about that. I'm just saying that hey, this is cool things. But uh, you're given you're uh, you're gonna pick your spirit animal when you get in. You have the choice between a monkey, an elephant, a crocodile, and a rhino. Um, they all basically do the same thing. There's nothing really special about them. No, I think that's what picks your character. Uh, that's what picks your character. I'm not Okay, so that might be what picks your character. We don't know, so that does that. Okay. And then uh, you do have lives in the game. Uh, like in how in the Jumanji films, you have those three lives. We both lost a life, uh, very violently for both of us. But um, I don't know about Samantha, but I saw my death, and I saw all the blood coming down. Like we know when you play those old N64 games, yeah, when you play like those N, uh, those James Bond games, you get shot, and you just see the blood coming down the screen. That's kind of what I saw. And apparently, Samantha saw nothing when she died, so she had a. All I heard was a growl, and I was gone. Which apparently she had a quicker death than I did. Uh, <laughs> I was killed by a crocodile, which. Alligators or crocodiles, I mean, those are like my biggest fears ever. So the fact that I was killed by one is probably um, <laughs> horrifying. Uh, but a lot of fun, still a lot of fun. So you were given uh, your card, you get the three lives. There are tokens, like you know, when you play like a Mario game or something like that, you have tokens to get. They're hidden all, all over the place. Uh, we did really bad at seeing them. I know I saw a bunch after the fact, like when we had moved to a different level. Uh, Samantha, how, did you see a lot of them when you were playing? or I was just focusing on trying to be brave. Okay, yeah. Th th this, I don't want to say this is, like, intense, but, because, I mean, you, you never forget that you're in a game. But it's, it, it, this, I can't get over how much fun this was. Is somebody who, as you'll be hearing later on, was not a huge fan of this new Jumanji movie, the fact that I really liked this Jumanji uh, Void experience, is just phenomenal. I mean, the Void, Samantha, it, it feels like I'm doing PR right now for The Void, but really it's an experience that you can't get anywhere else. There's, it's such a unique experience. It's a little expensive, but completely worth it. I, I didn't regret any, any of the pennies, any of the coins I paid to do this experience. To the fact that I would even do most of the experiences again. The only one I went to again would be Wreck-It Ralph. But all, all the other ones, I mean, I've done Star Wars again. I've, I would love to do Avengers again because once, I mean, the first time you're in these experiences, you are going to be overwhelmed. 
there's so much to see, there's so much to do, and you'll be like, okay, what am I doing? And it's it just, it, explore, have fun, touch things. Uh, I mean, be safe about what you're touching, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I mean, Nigel's there. For those of you who don't know, Nigel's the, uh, the, the guy, your tour guide who tells you everything that you need to know, and he tells you here, he sets up the entire story for you, just like he does in the Jumanji films, and uh, you have to, uh, you have a goal, and remember, the goal for you, I'll recite in verse, return the jewel and lift the curse, then if you wish to leave the game, you must save Jumanji and call out its name. And uh, I hate to tell you guys, even if you are enjoying your experience, if you don't see Jumanji after you save the game, they will still ask you to leave. You can't just not call Jumanji, just kind of run around in the game. It doesn't work like that. I call Jumanji really quietly. Uh, I, I, I kind of shouted Jumanji. I was just like, Jumanji, woo! <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, game, the game, the void, the Jumanji experience here, it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you are, if anyone's close to a, a void location, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, Samantha, what would you give it out of 10? 10 being like the highest high, one being the lowest low. Um, I would give it a nine just because of a certain creature that I don't like that was in there. And I would easily give this, man, I'm, I'm gonna give it a nine as well. It's not perfect, because once again, I personally felt like I was just standing around for a little bit. Is it what well, I was? And it's been, I, I was Samantha. I was just standing there, being like, "Okay." I'm sorry. No, no, no I'm not blaming you. But, but there, there were points that our our void uh, employee who was with us was giving us hints. Because that's like, only because we didn't have a full. We, team. we didn't have a full team. It was just the two of us. Um, which I guess that would be a downside to this one versus things like Avengers Damage Control or Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. You can still go on those and do those experiences with just two people, or even if you wanted to, you could do, go, uh, go do it by yourself. I wouldn't recommend that. Make a friend. I mean, take a family member, take a friend. If you see somebody who's just like standing outside look, looking at the void, like we have a lot of people who've been walking by us as we're recording here have been doing. Uh, guys, I cannot speak highly enough. The Void is one of the best things going, and the more people go, the more that they're going to advance their technology, the more they're going to make these awesome experiences, and hopefully they keep tying in with new, new stuff. I mean, uh, they're going to be doing some horror ones coming up here, not that we're going to be talking about those on Filmology, but I, I'm excited. I, 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 it's a two-hour drive for me to get over here to the void from uh, where we, where, where I live, and it, it's definitely worth a two-hour trip. And that's a two-hour one-way trip. I have a four-hour trip to do a half-hour experience, and let me tell you, it was worth the drive. It's worth the money. You guys, really, go out, do the void. If you're like, hey, I want to take a trip to Disney, well, you know what? Disney has the void there too. Go check out the void. Check out Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. And um, that'll be it. Samantha, do you have any other words of, uh, other than me um, trying to sell Disney to people? Yes, be brave. Yes, be brave. Be brave in the game and you will succeed. Uh, if you're scared, you will... Um... Pretend to be brave. Fake until you make it. That's my motto. All right, Samantha, thank you very much for joining, <laughs> joining us, uh, joining me on this trip to the void. We're heading back to the studio now where we are going to take a look at Jumanji, the next level.
Grandpa Eddie? Anthony? This is uh, uh, Martha and, and Bethany. This is Spencer's grandfather. Nice to meet you. Morning. Sorry to barge in on you. You're not barging. He's barging. Milo Walker. <laughs> Did you guys see Spencer? I think he went back in. We gotta go get him. Are you out of your mind? We haven't even picked our guys yet. Oh, he's just trying to call us. You hear something? Huh? In Jumanji The Next Level, the gang is back, but the game has changed. As they return to rescue one of their own, the players have to brave parts unknown from arid deserts to snowy mountains to escape the world's most dangerous game. That is the plot synopsis from Sony Pictures Entertainment for Jumanji The Next Level. Alright Mike, so Jumanji has been a cornerstone of millennial entertainment since, since they kept showing it all the time on ABC Family, or whatever it was before ABC Family, I don't remember. But that's how I knew, knew that uh, 1995 Robin Williams film was through watching it on there numerous times. And then a few years, years ago now, we got the new Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which, well, actually before that we had Zathora, which is kind of a sequel to Jumanji, I'm not really sure. They're, they're Sony's now counting it as a sequel after grinding it off and not counting it, but now it counts. Amazing how that works when uh, John Favreau makes a lot of money and becomes relevant. They want to care about him. I don't remember watching Zafira. Is that one good? I I, I enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's a it's a great kids space adventure film. It's it's, it's Jumanji in space. And, Sounds fantastic. I mean, I like space more than I like more than I like the jungle. Zathura, and then you're, once again, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. It was a, one of the biggest hits that Sony had, so we all knew a sequel was coming, but the question remains, was that sequel good? Is Jumanji the next level good? Mike, what's your gut reaction to that that uh, that question? Is this a good sequel and a good follow-up to Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle? Definitely, it was a good film. It was fun. It's not going to win any Oscars or anything anytime soon, but it was a fun movie, and that's all it's trying to be. And while for me, while it's a fun movie, it's just more of the same. This is gonna sound weird as somebody who loves the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which everyone claims is just it's the same movie. You just change the characters, you change the location, and bam, it's the same film. I disagree with that, but th- this film to me is just the exact same. It's just, I mean, while Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson are definitely having a lot of fun in this film. I mean, they're having the, the most fun of the entire cast. I, was, I wasn't feeling like I was having fun. I, I'm not, I can't really put my finger on why that is. And maybe it's because it's not that over the top. It's just, it's, it's just on the edge of being over the top versus, let's say, something like... I, you, you're, everyone's going to judge me here and just turn off the podcast now. But... Uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which is, to me, it was one of those just so over-the-top films that I'm like, you know what, this is great. Keep having so much over-the-top fun. Pierce Brosnan, keep going and singing and dancing, you're terrible, but keep doing it. Versus this film, which is like, you know what, like, it's, it's not over-the-top enough. It's not bombastic enough. It's, it, 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 when you're, when you're watching some of the action scenes in this movie, you can be like, you're crazy. Uh, it's, it's just... I wasn't having fun with this film, and it's because I believe it's 
the same film. I mean, I, I, I don't... I'm not a video game player. I, I haven't played video games. Basically, the last video game I actively played was Star Wars Battlefront 2 back in, like, 2005. So, it, it's been a long time since I've played a video game, like, actively. Like, yeah, I'm gonna beat this entire game. And so, maybe I just... Maybe I'm out of it. Mike, do you, I don't remember. Do you play video games? Are you a gamer? I do. Yeah, I play games. Um, it definitely feels like a video game sequel. They changed the setting and everything, which I think helped keep it fresh. Instead of a jungle, it was mostly a desert this time around. No, 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 no. We, as I said in the plot synopsis, it has a snowy mountain, which, uh, look, it, it, it went from Mad Max to James Bond like settings really quickly, and I kept thinking in my head, how much I'd rather be watching Mad Max Fury Road, or how I'd rather be watching the next James Bond movie. And maybe that's a complete me problem. That's not the... Well, no, that is the movie's problem. It chose these settings. The movie is drawing those comparisons in. So, that is the movie's problem, not my problem. I take that back. I didn't really get a Mad Max feel. Are you, is it the, the cart scene you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about the, 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 the dune buggies. How, how did you not get a Mad Max feel? They have dune buggies, and they're, they're racing... Against an obstacle, which, I mean, that's... I mean, Mad Max Fury Road, it's a giant chase movie. I mean, it's, it's obviously a giant chase. I mean, it's not done as well as Mad Max, but... Like, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't... Like, because there were ostriches, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really get the... Like, they had the... Mad Max had the guy in front of the truck and things like that. That's why I think more Mad Max. I don't know. I guess that's why I didn't think of it. Maybe I just think every time there's a car in a desert, <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be Mad Max now. I try not to think of Mad Max as much as possible. I'm not a big fan. Oh, well, once again, write to filmologyshow at gmail.com to tell us why Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best films of the 2010s. I I, I guess I'm also just like a little, I don't want to say bitter, but I just, something doesn't sit right with me where I'm like, okay, cool. The movie wraps everything up. And then, of course, it leaves it open for the next movie, the sequel. I'm like, man, why can't we just... Is anybody really going to be excited for Jumanji 3, which is going to be a repeat of the 1995 Jumanji film? I am super excited Are for you, it. Man, I, 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 I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not excited at all. I am just kind of waiting. I'm not waiting for the series to die, because I, 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 I like everybody who's in the cast. They're having a good time. Man, I, I want to say it's the 20, like, 16 film. I, don't, I really don't remember when Jumanji... Welcome to the Jungle came out, and now, of course, I have to look. 2017. 2017, I am a year off. Well, the 2017 film was fresh when it came out. It was exciting. And now, like every other Hollywood thing, they're going to beat it to death. I just... I, I, I wasn't that impressed with it. I mean, what, what else are you going to do? You're going to just have new people coming into the game, and it's going to be the same basic plot every time. I'm like, I just don't get it. The, the, the compliment I will give this film is nothing in it felt lazy. It just didn't feel like it was for me. So, with that being said, I, if you really love the cast, you really love the first, or not, the third film, the first film, however you want to look at that in this Jumanji series, uh, then you can watch this film. I think you'd enjoy it more if you don't think about the Robin Williams, what Robin Williams film as the same series. Because I feel like they're... But there's callbacks to that film. I mean, there's... There's callbacks to that, that, that first film in in this Jumanji film. They, they they have like the carving in the tree that his that he was here, and I'm like, there's Easter eggs to set him in the same universe. 
I, I can't I can't not think of that film, especially for me once again, who grew up watching that film every Saturday on ABC Family. That's fair. I suppose I forgot. I'd, it's been a while since I watched the first Welcome to the Jungle or the Welcome to the Jungle one. I think I watched it in 2017. And there's and a, just... there's a character at the end of this film, uh, the next level, who ties directly into the 1995 film. Who's that? Uh, the uh, Nora, the owner of the diner. Is she like the mother or like the lady from the first one? I think she's the lady from the first one, if I remember correctly. Oh, I didn't get that at all. I guess it's been a long time since I watched the Robin Williams one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nora Shepard. So I mean, she's the she's the same character. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> Ignore everything I just said. I did not catch that. So what's again? I mean, that's that's a little Easter. I mean, that's not. A, I guess that's an Easter egg, but it's that's. I mean, I think that's kind of like having the Millennium Falcon show up in a random movie. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's like, yeah, cool. They're all connected now. I don't know where I was going with that Millennium Falcon thing. I have no idea what the box office for this film is. 72 million worldwide already. 72 million worldwide. Well, that's... Okay, well, so it's it's going to get a sequel. I mean, to set it up for the third one. There's something going on right now with me personally where I'm not excited for any of these... No, I'm excited for Little Women, and I'm excited for Cats to see how terrible the film is. But, like, Star Wars that comes out next week? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go see it. I have the tickets, but I'm not, like enthusiastic about it versus like Avengers Endgame where I took the whole day off of work I went three times in 24 hours to see the film and now I'm like you know that yeah it's a film it's coming out I have to see it but it, there was nothing exciting to me about Jumanji the next level it's something you don't regret watching you just watch it once enjoy it and move on as if you just want to have a fun Friday night not like a it's not like I imagine people are going to keep watching Endgame for years to come. I mean, Jumanji, this Jumanji is you'll probably just watch it and forget about it. Maybe watch it again in five years and be like, oh, hey, be excited. Or not excited, but just enjoy it. Well, I, like just, a, I, I thought that the first, I keep seeing the first film, whatever that film was, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, I keep, that film had heart to it. And this one tries to have heart, but I'm like, at the end with Danny DeVito's character, the lesson that he learns about growing old, I'm like, where did that come from? Like, when did he learn that growing old is okay to do? Did he, like, learn that in the film and I, I just dozed off for five seconds? I think it came along when they he reconciled with Milo, Danny Glover's character. He kind of realized he was being a jerk the last, was it, 15 years they were estranged or whatever? Yeah, I, 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 I still, I guess as somebody who hates the fact that I'm going to eventually die... It's a fact that I deal with every day when I wake up. I'm like, oh man, I'm growing. I'm a day older. I'm a day closer to death. Growing old still sucks. It doesn't change. Like, maybe you'll feel differently when you're 75 years old or however old he's supposed well, yeah, to be. In the well, movie. I mean, yeah. If, if I'm as old as he is and he can't walk, I'll be like, man, I kind of want to die because I can't do anything. That sounds very offensive to old people. <laughs> man, I, it's, it's basically like I'm saying, why can't you just die already? But that's not what I'm saying. I enjoy the time you have on this earth. I, I'm not sure where I'm going in this. I'm digging myself a deeper hole. But um, for those of you who have not listened to our show before, and I'm going to take a guess that's a lot of you, and a lot of you have probably turned this off already because this conversation's kind of just rambling. I, I promise you, marriage story is going to be a better conversation. Actually, actually, really quick, did you did you have a favorite set piece in the movie uh, for Jumanji: uh, The Next Level here? Because I mean, it's since it's a video game, you have those set those big levels that you have to go through. 
Um, and then set pieces. Did you have a favorite one? Because I, I definitely had a favorite uh, set piece in the film. Not really. I'm be honest. They're both kind of the same for me. It, I, wasn't, I wasn't super excited about the desert or the or any set piece in particular. Was, see, my, my, my favorite one was the Donkey Kong. Maybe I'm not sure why I'm thinking to Donkey Kong. And I'm definitely thinking Donkey Kong, where where like the, all the the bridges are changing and just it's moving all over the place. I that, that was fun. Yeah, kind of like the Harry Potter stairs in uh, the castle. I, I swear, I swear. Well, I swear there used to be something like that on like like maybe Donkey Kong sixty four or something like that or the Donkey Kong TV show. Maybe I mean there was a Donkey Kong TV show. Right? I just didn't just make that up in my head. I have no idea, man. I. <laughs> I might have just made up a Donkey Kong TV show in my head. I don't know if if there was. I know there was a badly animated Super Mario Brothers cartoon, and that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so once again, so with every review that we do here at Filmology, we have a rating system. For those of you who don't know, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's see it, which means see the film, rent it, which means either. Rented from Netflix, or like if you still get the discs, or rented from iTunes, Amazon, however you choose to rent your movies, skip it, skip the film, obviously, and let it burn. Which just means every person involved with this film should be put into film purgatory. They're going to be like having their feet on fire for a while. We don't want them to ever come out and make another film. <laughs> it's a little harsh. Yeah, it, it is, but you know, it's like... If you continue to make bad films, you need to be punished instead of being like, kind of like Michael Bay wasn't punished for those Transformers films. He kept making them and making them. He's like, yeah, they're going to be good one of these times. And I'm like, no, they're not. People kept seeing them. Someone liked them. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they didn't see the good one, which was Bumblebee. So I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> apparently that one wasn't as good. No, apparently not. Um, go watch Bumblebee. I think it's on Hulu right now for everybody. Um, if it's not on Hulu now, it's going to be at some point uh, to date the show even more. Um, so we have the rating system. Uh, Mike, uh, with that rating system, what would you give Jumanji the next level? If you enjoyed the first movie, you should definitely go see it. Um, otherwise, rent it, enjoy it. You won't regret it, especially for like $3 or whatever you rent movies for these days. I think it's like $5 like when they first come out. and then Where they- do you rent movies from? Well, I don't rent movies. That's the problem. I usually just go out and buy the movie. So uh, 20, 20 to $24 is what I use to rent a movie. Because I watch it once and then it sits on the shelf. Oh, I have a, I have a I have bad life hobbies. I suppose if you get it from like Amazon, it's like, or YouTube, I think, rent movie. Those are $5. I, sw- but- I swear, like, if you if you get a new release movie on iTunes, it is like five four ninety nine. Now Now, hold up. I'm checking really quickly as we talk here. But... Yeah, I look. Usually, with these big budget spectacle films, which is this is a big budget, it does look good on the big screen. I mean, it looks, it looks like you're in a video game. Which I mean, you're in a video game, so hopefully, it does look like that. I would say see it in the theater, but I don't think I can bring myself to do that. So I, I'm giving the movie a rent it. There's nothing outrageously bad with this film but there's nothing that's drawing you into the theater theater to see it um, I mean, it has a great cast but once again it's just more of the same I, I don't know how a film like this can take chances 
So I, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not the screenwriter for this film. I'm, I don't have a stake in this film. I don't know how to be like. Hey, you should do this to change the formula, because they changed the formula with making it a video game, and maybe the change is hey, go to the void and do the VR experience because then you are actively in the game. I had a lot of fun with that, versus watching the film and not being an active participant. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of. I'm kind of waiting for something to happen where actual stakes are involved. Because I never thought anyone was going to die in this film. Never for a second. So, I mean, maybe if they just randomly killed off one of the characters. I don't know who they'd kill off. But I can't believe I'm going to feel like Martin Scorsese here and be like, man, this film just resonated with me on a, a human level, so it's a bad film. And that's... That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's entertaining to someone, just not to me. So, rent the film. Also, if I wanted to rent a movie like Angel Has Fallen on iTunes right now, I'd have to rent it for $5.99. You should support your local uh, movie th- movie rental place then and not get it off iTunes. I'm sure they're cheaper there, or they used to be. Uh, no, they're about the same. If I wanted to go in, if I wanted to, if I wanted to go to the lo- lo- local uh, family video, it'd still be about $5.99. Uh, look, yeah, rent the film. Go to your local library and rent the film when it comes out. Check out the film. Put it on that wait list that you're going to have to wait forever for because it's a kid's film and you have to wait forever. Were you surprised to see uh, Colin Hanks back in this film? Um, he seemed a little forced in. I don't think I think uh, if they could have killed off a character, they could have killed off his character. They yeah. wouldn't have really missed much. Yeah, but, we, but he has a family. So I feel, well, I guess they all have families. But right. <laughs> <laughs> so those children have uh, parents and everything. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I'd I, I feel bad for him or for his family more than everyone else's family. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I was just like so, so surprised to see him back. I didn't. I didn't think there was a big Tom Hanks... Oh, Tom Hanks. There's a big Tom Hanks following. I didn't think there was a big uh, Colin Hanks following where everyone's going to be so excited or if if he was in it or disappointed that he wasn't. I was just like, oh, you're back again. Cool. Wasn't expecting that. Um, Anyway. uh, The next movie they make should make be Colin Hanks' character trying to build his life again after 20-some years in the Jumanji game. Like, how did he end up with a family and a house? How long ago? Do you know how much time was supposed to pass between these two movies? Oh, I think it was like what two years. He rebuilt fast. That's impressive. Well, well, you know, because when he comes out of the game in the first film, he comes back out at that time when he went into the game. Oh, okay. So, so he's living his whole actual life while like he was he would have normally been trapped in the game. Uh, so because he gets released, I look the, the time. Look, it doesn't make sense. It, it, you're gonna get sucked into a video game. I. I, if I was going to get sucked into a video game, I would like it to be Tron. But that's that's a movie series that's never going to continue again. Uh, so, with all of that being said, sorry for the very not great convers- not very bland conversation there, I feel. Um, not much to talk about with Jumanji the next level. But our next film, uh, Marriage Story, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So, let's roll the trailer here for Marriage Story, and we'll see you on the other, we'll see you on the other side. What I love about Nicole, she is a mother who plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. He never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do. Dad, you're too far. I know. It's not easy for her to close a cabinet. He's incredibly neat. She's brave. He's brilliant. He's very competitive. 
all tell Charlie what's happening, and Cassie, you then hand him the envelope. I just get nervous. Can you unserve? What do you mean, like take it back? Charlie and I are getting a divorce, Mom. You can't be friends with him anymore. Dream Charlie Bird! <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Mom? Mom? What? Most people in my business. Noah Bombach's incisive and compassionate look at marriage breaking up and a family staying together. That is the synopsis from Netflix for the latest Noah Bombach film, Marriage Story. Right now, for the first time actually in a while, the mar uh, the divorce rate is going down due to. Millennials. You know what, millennials? It, 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 I, I, I can't remember, Mike. Are you a millennial? I am, yeah. You are. Okay, so am I. Millennials, we get a lot of crap for doing stupid things. And don't get me wrong, we do a lot of stupid things. Just go look at Instagram. We are doing something right, maybe. For once. Little fun fact, I guess. But w with watching a film like Marriage Story... I would hypothesize that we will help the divorce rate by the simple fact of not getting married. I don't think people are going to want to go through the horrifying process of getting a divorce. At least I, the, the, the first thought I had when I walked out of that film, I, which I which, um, shout out to... Uh, the Twin Cities Film Festival, uh, where I saw this film uh, a couple months ago, uh, in a theater, which was fant fantastic, by the way. The first thing I texted my girlfriend after I, I walked out was, if we're ever going to get married, it's going to stick, we're not getting into a divorce, cannot go through that. And this this film for me was, a, I, I think I told it to you, and I, I, I didn't sound like I'm being a... Uh, uh, dramatic here, but if you haven't figured out yet, I'm kind of a dramatic person. Went to film school, makes me pretty dramatic. Uh, this film is a symphony of human emotion emotions. You're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to feel like you want to go out and give those characters a hug, you're going to feel like you want to go out and give those characters a punch in the face. These are such human characters. Some of the most human characters I've seen on film, I think, ever. And I... I've watched the film now three times. I have never wanted the film to end. Because as, as torturous as this film is, the performances by the entire cast, uh, I mean, specifically uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, are phenomenal. So the fact that you think that they're actual real... Like, I mean, they are, yes, they're, they're real people in real life. But, I mean, they, they, these are movie stars who usually have movie star problems. Not problems that the rest of us deal with. I mean, these two actors are never wondering, hey, when's my next job? What happens if my hours get cut? Things just so simplistic as that, that they don't have to worry about. But you feel that they have to worry about that when they're these characters in the film. I mean, maybe not, hey, my hours are going to get cut, but hey, I don't have the money to fund this, uh, this new theater project I want to work on. Or, man, I really wanted to go work on this TV pilot, but I'm not sure if I should because it might affect XYZ. We all have those decisions we have to make in life. As somebody who was not married but was in a 
a bad relationship on both sides, both myself and the other person. We did did and said awful things, kind of like it gets to the the um, I'd say the the end of the uh, second act in this film has a scene between Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver that is just it, it it to me to me Mike that's the standout scene in this film. It's it's a gut punch. It's realistic. It's just I mean I I, 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 I don't I don't know you that much as an emotional person, Mike. You're pretty chill with everything. So yeah, I'm dead inside, basically. You're dead, you're dead inside. <laughs> so so uh, you might you might not have felt my symphony of human emotions here with Marriage Story, but um, I mean, did, did did you feel that this film was realistic in its portrayal betrayal of these characters? Like, do, do you do you feel that you know people like this in real life, and do you feel that the film captures once again the symphony for me the symphony of human emotions well oh, that's a little, a little dramatic i think um but i think they <laughs> definitely came off as real people and i could uh relate to them um i definitely had some of those problems of my own maybe not as badly as they have or it didn't progress to that point but yeah um sorry i got distracted by my dog uh yeah they were definitely feel, felt like real people they definitely with real problems it didn't seem overly fake i don't know um what i'm trying to think of right now but like they seem to care about each other it wasn't just they're getting divorced because they hate each other they seem to be doing well for the most part they just had uh, like differences like their lives kind of went in or scarlett johansson's life wanted to go or she wanted to go to the west coast to do her tv shows and uh adam driver wanted to stay on the east coast to do his life and they kind of just started growing apart it seemed very uh relatable it happens um Although I think didn't Adam Driver's character like cheat on Scarlett Johansson or something like that? Yes, but which I mean, let's let's get this out of the way. That is something that is terrible, and that that almost makes his character irredeemable for doing that. As much as you might want to sympathize sympathize with him, it's very hard to do once you find that out. I I I, I think when you're watching the film. The, the the twists and turns that the characters take, they basically the, the characters who they start off as in, at the beginning of the film is the exact opposite as the characters they end up being at the end of the film. I feel like Adam Driver's character was a little bit more quote unquote alive at, at the beginning of the film, and of course he has uh, the the for me the fantastic scene of uh, singing the the Stephen Sondheim song uh, being alive at the end at the piano bar. Uh, I mean, just give Adam Driver the Oscar now. Forget Walking Phoenix and Joker. I mean, that, oh, you, 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 see, once again, you think I'm being sarcastic here? Look, look uh, he did a great job. I think he could win an Oscar with this role. This, this is the difference between Walking Phoenix and Adam Driver, specifically in between Joker and Marriage Story. Walking Phoenix's portrayal as Joker is incredibly showy. And because that's who the that's what the character of the Joker is. It's an incredibly showy performance. But I think having, like, I mean, Adam Driver in this film to me is one of the most relatable people ever. And I don't think that when I go into the movies, I usually walk and say, "Okay, here we go. It's another Adam Driver film. It's Kylo Ren. It's Black Widow. Let's see what they're gonna do. Let's let's see some punches thrown." Because I I was expecting things to take some 
I mean, they go some down some dark roads. I was expecting them to go down some really dark roads. I was really happy there was no abuse in this film. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess there could be... No, I don't think... I, I, I was going to say there might be hints of something like that, but I don't believe that. I, I, I don't know if a guy is bad as abuse. Um, I don't think Adam Dry's character might have... I mean, he, he, because he had that moment, that outburst moment, but that that was that was just every single frustration coming out. And once again, that fight to me, I I, I, again, I guess really personal here. I've had that exact fight before. Like I've had that. Okay, we're gonna start really reasonable. I don't know what to say, and then it just goes off where it's like, wait, you're just gonna say everything. You're gonna say it in the the most petty cruel way that you can I've been there I've done that and it <laughs> watching Adam Driver's character break down at the end because you don't want to say those things and you feel horrible the moment after you said them because you don't actually mean them I mean I that breakdown that Adam Driver's had I've had that breakdown I mean, it's it's not like it's a common occurrence, but I I can. It brought me back to points in my previous in my previous life in my previous relationships, where I'm like, man. It, it, I I look for authenticity in films, especially with dramas like this, uh, which is another reason why I love the film on Nebraska by Alexander Payne so much, because uh, it feels really authentic. But this film, it, it's it's just so authentic. It's funny. It's, I, I, I want to spend time with these people. I, I, I mean, we talked about uh, before with Jumanji about how, okay, yeah, okay, cool. There's going to be a, there's another sequel. I Great. I would love to see a continuation of Marriage Story. Make it like before sunrise, before sunset. Every 10 years, I check in with these people and just see what, what they're doing with their lives. I know that that's never going to happen because no one's going to give a, give a care about uh, Marriage Story. I mean, yeah, yes, it's it's doing really well right now with critics. We have no idea how it's doing on Netflix because Netflix will never tell us. I mean, even when they do, we have to question those numbers. Uh, I mean, if you remember what, that Will Smith Bright movie, I think, was that what it's called? Yeah, that was fantastic. Well, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying when they, when they came out and said yeah we more people saw this than saw movies in the theater this weekend I'm like yeah I I don't know if I trust you because I mean I feel like you I mean, could we trust don't know them. How that I do I, <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious or not I don't look Netflix has every reason to lie about their numbers because they want to look like they're beating. Uh, movie theaters, which in some ways right now they are, with films like Marriage Story and The Irishman. You can't see movies like these in the theaters. And these, I mean, The Irishman, to me, is not a perfect film, but it's a great film, and Marriage Story, to me, is the definition of a perfect film, and the fact that you can't see this in the theater, to me, is one of the, the biggest crimes against cinema right now. The, the fact that I have to go see cats in the movie theater versus a marriage story, which I cannot. I just, I don't get it. I, I hope that more people are going to check out marriage story than check out cats. Um, no, more people are going to check out cats. <laughs> 
I, I think it's gonna be in a hate watch way. Uh, I, I before when we uh, when we were off mic and everything, uh, you've mentioned how you feel that the film is very one sided towards, uh, I believe having in, uh, sympathy towards Adam Driver. Was that correct? Sympathy towards Adam? No, I I feel like while I was watching the movie, I felt more for Scarlett Johansson's you, character. More for Scarlett Johansson's character. And what's he, your, go, go, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, from, I feel like maybe you get more of her point of view, or she expresses more of it, maybe. Like, their problems with their divorce, from what I remember, was mostly problems that Adam Driver was like, hey, we're going to do this, and they never really follow through with it. And he's always like, uh, I believe the big thing for her, she wanted to move up back west to the West Coast to be closer to her family, and her uh, career would, would have been better out there. And he's like, yeah, we'll do that later, always next year. And he's always then next year comes around, and he's like, no, we'll do it next year. Yeah, and then he ends up cheating on her and things like that. I don't really feel... I don't remember really what his his complaint about Scarlett Johansson or their marriage was. Uh, well, I, uh, I mean, his complaint... Once again, a very petty reason to cheat on somebody. But his reason was because she was growing distant, so they were not having sex. So he cheated on her because they weren't having sex. They definitely could have balanced it better is all. Um, I definitely felt both like Adam Driver's main... Um, conflict, I think, was that Scarlett Johansson was basically maybe not trying to take away his kid, but like she was trying to make sure she had much as much time as possible. It wasn't oh, very so, so Scarlett Johansson. No, she, she was trying to take away the kid. There is the 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 lawyer uh, Laura Dern plays in this movie. Uh, no, that she's definitely trying to take away the kid. She is someone who, I mean. She, I mean, we all, there's the, the saying, of course, lawyers are sharks. She is a shark. She is just like, you know what? I'm going in for the kill. I don't give two craps about this person, which I guess as a lawyer, you shouldn't. But she is just being vicious. So, of course, there's that there's the dramatic court scene where Adam Driver's like, you know what? I'm going to get my own, not, he doesn't say shark, but shark uh, to go after you, which I... There's a part of me which cheers for him because as much as I like the Alan Alda lawyer character, he was such a pushover. I'm like, man, you are like, I love you, Alan, Alan Alda, but you are not going to help him out. You're going to make him lose his theater. You're going to make him lose his kid. You're going to make him lose everything. Because remember, if he was defending you, this is what he'd say. Um, <laughs> which is an awesome lie. But uh, it's, uh, it doesn't it, it doesn't help him out. Uh, once again, I, I am also coming at this from the male point of view. I do get where Scarlett Johansson's coming from. I do get the sense of uh, you growing smaller in the relationship. I I get that. And smaller as a person, you don't you, you feel like you're losing yourself of your sense of uh, self worth. I get that, but. I also get where it's like, hey, we want we don't want to drag our kid through this. We don't want to drag our families through this. We don't want to drag ourselves through this. And then she just up and goes, yeah, I want to drag everybody through this. I want to drag everybody through the muck, because I which to me that's the most self pitying thing in the film. Which is like, you know what? I felt small. I want to make everybody else feel small now too. I don't know if it was her wanting to make everyone else feel small though. It was the lawyer that kind of initiated it, and I think in their first meeting she kind of pushes back against it. But then she pushes back against it at the end of the film, and I'm like, man, you, you still let it happen. And I, I mean, you you do see that. Okay, she says, yeah, it's my night. Okay, but you can take our son, which means that they've both grown as people. 
Yeah, I think like even the big outburst scene that you were talking about earlier was caused mostly from frustrations that the lawyers themselves bring into it. They were doing, or Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver were doing pretty well on their own considering what they were going through, but it's when ScarJo gets her lawyer involved and suddenly Adam Driver's looking like he's not going to be able to see his kid ever again and he's just going to lose everything. And then they get Ray, Ray, Ray Liotta, sorry, um, involved and it just goes way downhill and then they get more frustrated and more... That's when the bigger upburst happens. So it's not really Scarlett Johansson or Adam Driver's character trying to do those things. It's but, more the but lawyers. This, but it's caused by Scarlett Johansson's Nicole. What, go, go, I mean, <laughs> they weren't going to do the lawyers. I mean, Adam Driver kept putting off getting the lawyer. So, I mean, Charlie kept putting it off. And Charlie gets the phone call saying, you have to do this. Otherwise, we're taking everything from you. Because he didn't think that she was being serious, and then I, I, there are many points in this film where I feel sympathetic towards Nicole, and there are many points where I'm like, no, you know what, you are just being vindictive at this point, or it feels, <laughs> it feels that way. It's like, you know what, this is how you made me feel. I'll shove it down your throat, shove it down your throat, shove it down your throat. I'm like, man, you, it, 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 it there are points like that where it doesn't feel she actually cares for her child, even though you know that she does, but it doesn't feel it, it doesn't come across that way. Once again, the fact that we can have these debates about whether people are caring and people aren't caring, I mean, there are many different, every person who watches Marriage Story here is going to feel a different way towards Charlie and Nicole. I think that's one of the great points of this, one of the great aspects of the film. It's not black and white, which life is never black and white. So the fact that a film can capture that feeling so well is, once again, the, the authenticity of this film is off the charts. The Symphony of Human Emotions, you're going to hear that coming up again later when we do our top 10 show, because uh, Marriage Story is definitely in my top 10 films of the year. So I'm wrapping it up here. Definitely see Marriage Story. Most of you probably have Netflix. Uh, please watch it. Support Nora Baumbach. Uh, I, I think he's probably in a giant... Net, he probably has another Netflix film coming out at some point, because uh, they're funding his films, and if they're funding his films and letting him tell the stories he wants to tell, like uh, the Meyerowitz stories a few years ago, and now uh, Marriage Story here, I mean, keep Netflix, keep funding him. If you, I mean, please, I'll, I'll start writing checks too, just to keep letting Noah Baumbach make these films. Because uh, some of his earlier films, uh, for those of you who haven't seen, Marco at the Wedding, I believe, uh, such a rough, sinister film, and I, I mean... I, I, it's a tough watch, and to see where he's come uh, with uh, like Mistress America, uh, once again the Meyerowitz stories. While we're young, uh, this film here, Marriage Story, I mean, he's he's turning it into one of the best filmmakers working, uh, one of the one of the best uh, uh, directors out there. Uh, so definitely see uh, Marriage Story. Uh, Mike, where do you stand on Marriage Story? I see it. Definitely see it. It was. It's a great sh- movie, uh, probably in my top ten as well. A great act. Or don't watch it though if you're not in the right state of mind. It's not a happy. It's not like a date movie like uh, the, um, Jumanji was. It was like watch it if you're if you want to hear about divorce for an hour and a half or two hours, however long it is. Yeah, I mean, don't watch it if you and your significant other are currently in a fight. But if you and your <laughs> but, but but with that being said, if you and your significant other are in a great place, and this leaves doors open to talking about things, like, things that you're like, man, I don't want to be at this point in my life right now. Not not, not with you as a person, but where I currently am 
with my life goals. Talk about that. Talk about those things. Open up. If, if a movie can make you open up, then the movie is doing more than just being a piece of art. It, it's just ref, it's reflecting you as a person. And I, I think that's great. That's that's I mean, Once again, going back to Martin Scorsese, that's what he's been saying against this whole he doesn't like Marvel films thing. And I, we'll get into a debate about that, I guarantee, in the top ten of the year show. But right now, go check out Marriage Story. If you don't have Netflix, buy Netflix. I mean, buy for the month. Watch The Irishman. Watch uh, Marriage Story and then cancel if you want. But It's cheaper uh, than a movie ticket for a month, isn't it? It's only like $9 or something like that? I think I pay like $15 for Netflix because I, I still do the disc plan and everything. Oh, the disc, yeah. yeah Forgot about those. I, yeah, well, yeah. Um, sometimes I do too, and then I sit on my desk and I pay for them. Um, that's 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 a that's a me problem, once again. Um, but yeah, Marriage Story, definitely check it out. Uh, we are gonna roll into our top five. We're gonna play a clip here from Marriage Story, and we're gonna see you on the other side with our top five sequels nobody asked for. Uh, but anyway, so while I was there, the producer invited me to see a play. Took place in someone's apartment with all the lights on. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. This strange, surreal, dystopian story. It was so well acted. And one of the actors was this big, shaggy bear who played all his lines looking directly at me, uh, which I knew couldn't be the case, but it felt like it. And then later, of course, I learned that it was. Oh. Mm. These cookies are really great, too. I'll send you home with some. Afterwards, I was introduced to the cast, and the bear turned out to also be the director. He talked to me, and <laughs> I talked back. All right, so we are now back. We are going to do our top five sequels that nobody asked for. Now, I know when most people hear, like, Top five films nobody asked for. They're thinking in a very negative term, like, why are you making this? It's terrible. Don't do it. And, I mean, the concept of this list, of course, is who wanted a sequel to Jum the, the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? Like, who actually wanted that film? And it turned out pretty good, which is kind of how I looked at my list. I looked at it as, you know, I didn't want this film for, uh, I mean, three out of three of my five are actually good films. One of them's mediocre, and one of them's just terrible. But I, I tried to look at it in a positive way and be like, you know what? I went in, arms crossed, and I went out of the film like, you know, this is a good film. I'm happy I saw it. I'm happy they made it. Uh, but my number five here, my number five is not that film. My number five film is Son of the Mask, the uh, 2005, I believe, sequel to the Jim Carrey film The Mask. It's so uh, out there that Jim Carrey's not even in the film. I honestly don't remember much of the film. I remember it going over-the-top bombastic with the cartoony aspects. Uh, the, the dog gets the mask, and my God, he tries to kill the... I think he tries to kill the baby. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's like the whole plot. The dog's trying to kill the baby because the dog's being replaced by the baby. I don't remember either. All I remember is I couldn't finish watching it. That was actually in my top five as well, and it was, it was god-awful. There was no reason that movie should have been made, and it had very little to do with the Jim Carrey movie at all. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's 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 bad. It was bad, and 
It's not one of those so bad it's good. It's just you. It's it's kind of like you're watching the Cat in the Hat, and you're like, man, why is this a thing? Who greenlit this? Who thought this was a good piece of work? That's one of those films that you know everyone who who made it needs to go to like. I I I, I don't want to need to be rude here, but everyone needs to go sit down, sit at their desk, think about what they're doing with their life, and think about if it's the right thing that they're doing. Everyone involved with that film. Uh, both the cat in the hat and son of the mask. Uh, so uh, my my number five, uh, son of the son of the mask. Mike, your number five, or, and uh, any, what what was your thought process with making your list, or if you had a thought process? Uh, mine was just more like why, like the first one. Most of them were the either the first one was good, the story was complete, there was no reason to continue on, or they made it like twenty years later and there's no reason it exists. Uh, see some of them some of them were movies i enjoyed or some of them that like they deserved a sequel maybe the maybe like the first movie was good or the second movie was even good um but after the third movie bombed why would you go on and make the next one uh my fifth one is let's see house party probably haven't watched those they're from the 90s do you know what i'm talking about when i say kid and play in house party not a clue not a clue. The first movie's fantastic. Roger Ebert gave it like four out of four stars or three out of four stars or something like that. Watch it if you get a chance. But they made a second one, obviously, because the first one did well. The second one did it opened at number one at the box office. So they made the third one, obviously. And then they made a fourth and fifth one that didn't even have Kid and Play, the main stars in it, the main attraction. There's no reason that movie, those two movies exist. It was they're both awful, and they should have just stopped at three, even though three was terrible in itself. So, so are these comedic films? Um, yeah, they're comedic films. Kid and Play is like a hip-hop group from like the 90s. Yeah, I, I, I completely, I didn't even know these films existed until right now. But uh, because you mentioned them, I will make sure to go out and watch all of them now. Even though you just told me that... At least it, the first one. Uh, the the first second one isn't nearly, the, like the first one is good. Um, it got, I think, I can check, I think it has like a 90-something on Rotten Tomatoes. It has 93% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Like I said, Roger Ebert had three out of, uh, three out of four stars. It was fantastic. Um, there's a lot of song and dance in it. It's definitely a movie that, if you're into hip-hop, you'd probably like, especially from the 90s. Um, the second the second one you could miss, it's fine. It's it's okay. It doesn't. It's not nearly as good. Um, the third one you can skip. Fourth one, skip. I didn't even bother watching the fifth one. The fifth one came out in, like, 2010 or something like that. Was this, the first like, a direct dvd sequel or something? I, I, could, I mean, 2010 was, like, when I... I, I did once again to date, not to date myself, but to show where I was in my life, and I guess to date you. I I uh, I graduated in high school in 2010, so I had just started to focus everything on uh, film and everything like that because I, I knew I was going into film school. So I was like, you know what? Now I'm gonna actually like 100. I'm going to the theater every weekend, gonna see everything. I don't remember this film coming out. No, the fifth one. The so the fourth one was awful. Skip that one as well. That one came out in 2011, 2001. Um, I think I got it from like Family Video. I just rented like every movie I could at that point um, from Family Video. But the last one came out in 2013. Um, it was direct to video. I think the fourth one made it. Like it probably had a theatrical release. I'm not sure. I'll. Well, I, I, I mean, most direct to DVD sequels have a theatrical release somewhere for like a night, or they do with Fathom Events or something like that. But yeah, I've never heard of that. I mean, these films might be great, and I'm going to check them out now, but I have no idea what I'm expecting, so... Which is, which sometimes is the best. Um, Good luck. You can see Martin Lawrence. Who doesn't love a Martin Lawrence movie? Well, at least from the 90s. <laughs> you don't love a Martin Lawrence movie, do you? I'm trying to think of a good one, but I... I the thing which I think of with Martin Lawrence is Bad Boys, but 
I haven't seen Bad Boys. No, I haven't seen any of those films. Um, he's also a uh, Blue Streak was '99 as well. I think. I yeah. suppose maybe his peak was before 2000. It was definitely before 2010. So it's probably something you missed. Yeah, I, I can't think of any like films of his that I would, can recommend. Do the right thing. He was in Do the Right Thing. I've never seen Do the Right Thing. <laughs> it is it, it is a giant blind spot in my um, my film watching. Uh, most most Spike Lee joints actually are, but all the Spike Lee joints I've seen, I've loved. So I'm not sure why I continue to uh, avoid them. Well, when uh, you watch Bad Boys for Life in January, I'm sure you'll become a big fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the big blockbuster hit to that film is going to be. Then uh, we can. Yeah. Has Will Smith? Of course, yeah. it's going to be great. We talk yeah. about this all the time. Yeah, yeah, Will Smith and Gemini Man. Double the Will Smith means double the profits, or double the bomb. Um, <laughs> anyway, my uh, number four is going to be a fourth installment in a series that I think a lot of people were excited for, but turned out bad, and I never really thought that it was needed. That's going to be Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's a film that... I still watch every now and then. I, I, if I have an Indiana Jones marathon, I don't usually watch it. Uh, just because it feels like a good movie. It just doesn't feel like a good Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I, I think removing Indiana Jones from World War II is a mistake. It, it feels very weird to have him in the 1950s. And it, it's just... Uh, the, the CGI in the film looks... Terrible, uh, mainly in that jungle, and I know they've all tried to say, "Yeah, that's we made, we wanted it to look bad, we wanted it to look like a 1950s film." You all made very bad judgment calls on that. Um, it, it even calls into question, it calls more into question what George Lucas is doing because he came up with the story, and we, I, like most people, I think that George Lucas was was once a phenomenal storyteller and great filmmaker. And now he's just become so wrapped up in the technology of things that he forgets that he has to tell a good story. Yeah, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, a film that I feel a lot of people would like to forget. So uh, that has been in before spot. I, I did enjoy the film, um, but I can't disagree with it. I don't really disagree with you that strongly. It is, it is the worst Indiana Jones film, and if you don't watch it, you're not really missing out on much. Unless it ties into their next one that they're going to make. Let's put it this way. I did eventually see, uh, not eventually, but like in 2012, 2013, uh, AMC Theaters did a marathon of all four films. Uh, not that there was a ton of us in the theater, but I think half the theater left after Last Crusade. I mean, the thing which I, I guess, really quick, why I think that's, they're riding off into the sunset. I mean, that is the conclusion of the story. And then now it's like, nope, whoops, we lied. They're bringing the horses back. They're coming back to tell another film. It's it. Anyway, uh, you're number four. Oh, sorry, my number four. Um, Blair Witch Two. I love the first Blair Witch. Uh, it was it was before all the other all the bunch of horror movies came out with the camera point of view, or there was a character behind the camera. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, it was fantastic. Found footage it, film. Yeah. yeah, found footage. There you go. It was fantastic, especially watching it when it first came out. The Blair Witch 2 was just awful and unnecessary and didn't really relate to the first movie at all. It was kind of like the... Is it Halloween 4? Where it's only... It's uh, not Halloween really, 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah, it's just like that. There's no reason Halloween 3 exists, just like there's no reason Blair Witch 2 exists. 
I didn't even mind that they did a remake of Blair Witch recently, didn't they? Uh, or am it, I well, it, it is a continuation of that first film. Uh, same uh, same f- characters, kind of. Uh, well, they're related to the characters of the first film, I should say. Uh, yeah, I've never seen uh, Blair Witch 2 uh, Book of Secrets. Is it called Book of Secrets? Or did... Yeah, Book of Secrets. Book of Secrets, yeah. yeah. I, I've never seen it. I've only been told horrible things. So I've never bothered with it. I eventually I'll get to it, but I'm not excited for it. Because yeah, I love that first Blair Witch film, and uh, I've only been told terrible things about the the sequel. And I didn't care for the remake, so that's uh, it, it was it was fine. It was nothing great. It was it's forgettable, as like most horror movies are. So I, I strongly disagree. There are some great horror films, but uh, most of them are forgettable, though. Let's be honest. Like there are some really great ones. Um, I love horror movies. Like I will watch it and I will enjoy it, but then I'll forget about it and just move on with my life. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, my number three is kind of a horror film. Uh, at least they marketed it, the, the film that way. That is Doctor Sleep, a film that just came out this year, the sequel to The Shining. Uh man, I did you, I don't remember. Did you see Doctor Sleep? I did. Yeah, and I read the book too. You read the book? Yeah. Okay. I never, I never read the book. I I. I can't get through a Stephen King book, apparently. He just drags on and on. And as somebody here who obviously likes to talk on and on, uh, we, we, we don't see on the, on the same... Uh, we're not on the same wavelength. Because I've, I've tried to read the, the his uh, It, the, his magnet opus, uh, what everyone says. Uh, yeah, I can't get through it. Man, it's just... He, he could tell that story in easily like half the pages and it would probably be better. But Dr. Sleep... I mean, it's a sequel to The Shining, a film that I don't think anybody needed a sequel to, other than Stephen King, because he hates The Shining. So he wanted this film to come out and be like, yeah, I'm going to fix all of the problems with The Shining, and it's going to be better. And I don't think it's... I mean... <laughs> I keep thinking of the scene uh, I, I, down the grounds of the Overlook Hotel, and I, I think they're having their, like, shining mind battle thing and there's this scene out of a looney tunes cartoon where the box is just slowly creeping up uh to try and trap uh the the meg the hat is that her name or i believe so yeah yeah uh, to try and trap her in the box and I mean, if you think The Shining is funny, uh, I mean, that's a if you think The Shining is a, or a, or one of the most uh, terrifying films you've ever seen, well, then Doctor Sleep is going to be a laugh riot. Um, it, it just doesn't have the same tones as The Shining. It's, and if you're like, I, we're making a sequel, well, make a sequel, have it have the same tones. It, it just, it feels way off note. It's just... It, it didn't seem to be going anywhere, and it was just... It was, it was a disappointment. Because, uh, I mean, if you're going to look at it, like, okay, yeah, they are making this. Let's look at the good stuff. I mean, you have Mike Flanagan, who has made good horror films. He made that Netflix, uh, the, the Haunting of Hill House show. Uh, and you have Ian McGregor, who I think people like. But yeah, he's fantastic. In certain films. I don't think he's fantastic in Doctor Sleep. I don't think anybody's fantastic in Doctor Sleep. I mean, maybe... No, nothing, nothing. I'd rather watch this, the Shining scene in Ready Player One a hundred times over before I go back and watch Doctor Sleep. It was, it was, I mean, 
it's one of the most disappointing films of this year. It's a film I don't think anybody was asking for. And if you look at the box office, nobody wanted to go. So, I mean, Doctor Sleep is definitely, uh, uh, it deserves its spot at my number three. So I'm in my number three spot. I suppose. I think the biggest problem, though, was that they were trying to, because the book, Doctor Sleep, the book is obviously based off the Shining book, which is kind of uh, quite a bit different than Kubrick's movie. And they were trying to have the best of both worlds where they're like, hey, um, we're going to make the sequel based off this book, but uh, we still need it based off, or the scene based off the Shining as well. It's so like your, um, the complaint you had about the box scene at the Outlook never took place in the book because the Outlook like, blew up in the original Shining book. Well, but, but it's still on, like, is, if I remember correctly, it's still on the grounds of the Overlook. Like, they're, I mean, where the Overlook would have stood. That's where they have their battle. If I remember uh, reading my plot synopsis on Wikipedia, which <laughs> we all know Wikipedia wouldn't lie to me. Uh, yeah, I also okay. didn't like the Shiny movie much either. I like I prefer the book by far. I, Stephen King's attempt at making a movie about it was not good either. Oh, I was going to say, um, so you, you preferred the miniseries, but apparently that you didn't. Uh, the, 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 it wasn't a miniseries, the, the, the TV movie. No, I I prefer neither of them. I prefer, we'll stick with the book on that one. I don't know. It, the Shining itself, the uh, Kubrick's book movie, would have been fine if it wasn't based off of the book, I think. I think that's my biggest problem with it is it's supposed to be close to it, but it's not really. And they lost a lot of, I think, a lot of the depth of Jack Nis- Nicholson, Nicholson's character in the book got kind of lost in the movie. That's a, probably a longer discussion than we have time for today, though. All right. What would your number three pick be? Uh, number three. Um, let's see here. It was Sex in the City 2. Uh, <laughs> I watched this. I, I, my roommates back in college really enjoyed Sex in the City, so I watched the entire series. It wasn't that great. I understand it's not marketed towards me. I'm not the target audience. I understand why the first movie was made, but the second movie came out in like the middle of the recession. A bunch of rich white women moving to the Middle East and just living like a, this rich lifestyle there and just completely out of place no one else asking for it. it came out of nowhere and if i remember right it completely bombed thanks thank goodness so there's no more of them even the people like my roommates even hated it it was absurd why that movie even got made i don't know if just uh sarah jessica parker just needed a paycheck or what but it was ridiculous i have never seen an episode of that show never seen the movies and uh with your glowing endorsement here i think i'll keep it that way probably for the best you're probably not the target audience either either oh maybe you'd enjoy it who am i to say that that that, that would be correct i, I i'm not a target i'm not the target audience for an honorable mention i have later but we'll get to that in a second my number two pick is toy story 4 as most people have said back when this film was coming out earlier this year the story's wrapped up toy story 3 wrapped up everything and wrapped it up perfectly and i had thought that too until I, I I swear this came from a Pixar press statement uh, that Toy Story 3 wrapped up Andy's st- story, but it didn't wrap up Woody's story. And the moment that they said that, it clicked in my head that, you know what, you're right. But that still doesn't mean I want this movie. And then... Uh, all, of the, all of the trailers, which, I mean, they weren't doing anything... Uh, uh, Forky's trailer with they're all going in the circle that wasn't doing anything for me. Uh, Ducky and Bunny, I'm like, man, this doesn't feel like Toy Story humor. I'm not feeling it. Uh, and then I went to the film, uh, and I really love the film. So I mean, it's one of those films. Once again, nobody, no, I don't know if anybody who was like, yeah, we want Toy Story four. 
I mean, maybe uh, maybe uh, Disney was for the, for the profits, but storytelling-wise, I don't think anybody wanted it. And then if you watch the film, it feels... I mean, it, it, it it's a lot more melancholy, which it should be. I mean, it, 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 he's talking about growing, growing old, as we were talking about before with Jumanji. Nobody really wants to grow old. Woody's having a hard time with it, and I'm probably going to be in Woody's shoes at some point or Woody's boots at some point. And it's going to feel bad. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people don't care for the Gabby Gabby subplot. Uh, I do care for the Gabby Gabby subplot. I really liked it. It was emotional. And uh, Forky is great. I mean, if you don't have Disney Plus and you're not watching that, Forky asks a question, get on that. They're cute little two-minute shorts. And uh, Toy Story 4 is uh, my number two spot. I have to admit that I actually skipped it so far this year. It's on Disney Plus, though, right? It is not on Disney Plus yet. I'll watch it when it gets there then, I guess. Uh, I just completely skipped over. I agree. It ended with Toy Story 3 for me. Um, I'm sure I'll get to Toy Story 4 someday. I'm just It just really feels unnecessary. You're going to think that when you go in, but now, really, when you get to the end of Toy Story 4, it's like, okay, you cannot. You're done. You can't do anything else because you have wrapped up every everyone's storyline. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely check it out when it comes to Disney Plus uh, later next year. All right, uh, next one is Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this, I really love the first movie. Big Will Smith fan. Um, it's a fun movie. It's obviously, actually, I think it did win an Oscar for like Best Special Effects or something like that, but it's, it's not something you go into looking for art. It's just something you sit down and just want to watch a bunch of aliens get blown up. Uh, definitely, I feel like the movie maybe did kind of leave an opening for it, a sequel. Maybe. I guess. Um, but it's not the sequel that we got, that's for sure. Getting rid of Will Smith's character right off the bat was a terrible idea. And just, it became completely absurd. It was not kind of, it was not at all in the same tone at all of the original Independence Day. Um, and I actually forgot this movie existed until someone brought it up like a year-ish ago or within the last year. And I was kind of upset. <laughs> I, was, um, I love Jeff Goldblum. He's in it. Um, they bring back the... Uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad, Jed Hirsch, I think his name is. That's fantastic. Um, they put um, one of the Hemsworth brothers in there, not the not uh, the Thor one. Yeah, I'm not a big fan, but whatever. Um, but they had Micah Monroe, who I love. She was in It Follows, um, which came out like five years ago. That was fantastic. She was in The Guest, which I don't. I saw it on Netflix a few years ago. It was fantastic. It had Dan Stevens in it. Everything I've seen her in is fantastic, except for Independence Day Resurgence. It was just... There was a sequel in there somewhere, it just wasn't what we got. And I don't, no one was asking for what we got, unfortunately. I remember the internet being very excited for that film until I saw it. So or, I remember the opposite. I remember people being pretty upset. Um, especially when uh, it came out that Will Smith said he wouldn't be in it. Okay, well, Will Smith went on to the Oscar-winning film, Suicide Squad. Because it's an Oscar-winning film, and that is a statement that should horrify everyone. <laughs> what, what did it win for? I think it won for Best Makeup. I guess. I can see that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember what else was nominated, but, uh, man, it just... I hate Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> I can't... Just, I, I think Will Smith could probably... Yes, yeah, he, he... Suicide Squad is at least remembered for how bad it is. Independence Day Resurgence, nobody is going to remember in 10 years. Thank goodness. Thank. It took me like a two years to forget about it. And then, was it you that brought it up? Was that? 
It might have been me. I don't know. I, I bring it up every now and then because I just... Yeah, because we were talking about Will Smith and I, we were probably talking about how he wasn't in it. Someone brought up... To, someone, uh, was someone like, older, I guess, um, mentioned they like Will Smith and the story they told me is they told this to, like, a 20-year-old and, like... Um, they're like, oh, they're like, oh, I like Independence Day, and they're like, Resurgence? I didn't like that movie very much. And I was like, what? How do they not know about the classic, that's why we celebrate Independence Day, Will Smith saved us from aliens. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen Independence Day, but it's not my, it's not my go-to 4th of July movie. What? So, yeah, what movie would you rather watch? Uh, Jaws. Jaws is my favorite. I mean, it's my favorite movie of all time. It's my favorite 4th of July movie. I could probably make the, the, the justification. It's my favorite, like, Arbor Day movie, too. Favorite every holiday movie. That's fair. That's fair. I forgot that takes place during Independence Day. I'm not going to lie. With that being said, my number one um, is Blade Runner 2049. Uh, Blade Runner is another film that uh, the director's cut, at least, is one of my all-time favorite films. I love it. The Ridley Scott film. And I was like, you know what? I mean, we never needed a sequel. Never. And... I, I, what's it going to, personal taste, I didn't want it, I, it, the film was such a cult film, I mean, it's, it's grown a lot, the cult has grown, but when I first heard about the sequel, and I, I was kind of rumored that Ridley Scott was somewhat involved, I'm like, man, I mean, I, I've, I've liked some of Ridley Scott's later films here, but, I mean, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, I mean, is anybody really excited for anything he does anymore I think he did Exodus Gods and Kings didn't he I think he did I have no idea but I would not put Blade Runner 2049 in the same same sentence as those movies though Blade Runner was much better no 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 no. don't get me wrong I love Blade Runner 2049 but I was not expecting a good film I was not looking forward to the sequel and then I went in opening night and I'm like man I really love this film uh, Ryan Gosling, I loved. I mean, the the cinematography is breathtaking, and I mean, even Harrison Ford's good in the movie. I mean, he doesn't do anything in the climax of the film, but he's good in the film uh, until that point. It doesn't answer the main question of Blade Runner whether Deckard's a replicant or not. It leaves that open still, which is good because it doesn't want to ruin uh, that first film for you. But then it goes and takes different twists and turns. And while, I mean, when I reviewed the show way back, well, not way back, but a couple of years ago on this, on this show here, I said that this film isn't doing anything new. It's not changing science fiction at all like that first Blade Runner film did. But I still adore this film. And I still love Blade Runner 2049. I could definitely just do a, a double feature with both those films and feel like I spent a, a day, um, it was a day well spent. Uh, so that is my number one pick. My number one pick is The Hangover 2. I love the first Hangover movie. I rewatched it um, like a couple months ago. still enjoyed it. There was no reason for the second one. It was the exact same movie in Thailand, though, if I remember right. Or is that the third one? third one we can add onto the list, too. They're tied at number one. Um, just completely unnecessary. Um, and kind of ruins the first one. I don't, I'm usually not someone who's like, oh, the sequel it ruined the first one for me. Like, I think the second Hangover and the third Hangover movies kind of ruined the first one for me, though, a little bit. There's just no reason those exist besides bringing in more box office, I suppose. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not a big fan of any of the Hangover films, so 
But I yeah, the, the second, the, I don't even remember. Do they even have a hangover in the third movie? I don't think they do. For some reason, I thought that was like the big joke was that they don't have a hangover, but it's an action film now. Uh, anyway, uh, do you have any other honorable mentions? Oh, no, I don't have any honorable mentions. Okay, I have one honorable mention, and it came to me uh, when you mentioned Sex in the City 2. Uh, and I, I mentioned it actually earlier on in the show. Uh, Mamma Mia, here we go again. I um, I don't care for that first Mamma Mia film at all. I love movie musicals, but I'm like, man, this isn't this isn't doing anything for me. Went into Mamma Mia 2, once again, not expected a great film. And I love Mamma Mia, uh, here we go again. That's a, a you know... I, I want more magical dancing Greek islands. Like, come on. Who doesn't want that in their lives? And you, I, I, I love this film. And I, it's, I, I, I can't decide if it's good or bad. But I, just, I just love it. So uh, definitely an honorable mention for me. Yeah, so that, that's our top five. If you guys have to want to comment your top five... Make sure to comment over at uh, the Facebook page. Once again, we'll keep the conversation kind of going over there. But yeah, uh, that's kind of wrapping it up for this week's show. If you have any uh, questions, concerns, want to tell us how we're wrong with our top five or wrong with anything on the show, make sure to comment on, on the Facebook page, uh, Filmology Show, or email us at filmologyshow at gmail.com. Uh, maybe I'll eventually look at Twitter and Instagram again. Especially since Twitter had something where they're going to like delete accounts or something where... Usernames haven't been used or something. I, I got an e- I got an email about it. Then I'm like, hey, okay, cool. I don't keep up with Twitter. I'm too old. I guess it was past when I was still. I have, I have Facebook, and that's pretty much it for social. I don't have Facebook. Never mind. Ignore that statement. Please don't track me down on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he does not have Facebook. Um, um, I mean, or if he does, he never checks it anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, and I do have Facebook, but unless you want to see anything about. Penguins or Disney, it's probably not that fun to follow. But the Filmology Facebook page is fun to follow. We have polls up every week. Uh, we're going to be posting uh, on this day reviews basically every day for 2020. Uh, because now we've built up a catalog since 2013 that we have a lot of reviews to post. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, next week's show, we are just going to be, I believe, looking at one film. I, I'm actually pulling up the schedule right now. Because I just know that Star Wars comes out. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about cats. I didn't hear what Star I Wars. I never heard of this before. Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about cats? I can't remember if I put that on the same schedule. Dear God, I hope not. <laughs> I think I might have. I definitely did. I definitely put Star Wars and cats on the same show. All right. So we are going to be talking about next week Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker, and the most anticipated film of the year, Cats. It's going to be the first time Star Wars doesn't open number one on the weekend. It's going to be number one, Jumanji 2, and then Cats, and then Star Wars. I'm calling it right now. I, I'm not, I can't figure out who the audience is for this Cats film, because everyone I, who I personally have talked to, and once again, I talked to... My girlfriend calls them uppity people, uh, film snobs, basically, and nobody's excited for Cats, but uh, nobody was really excited for Joker either, and that movie made a billion dollars, so <laughs> what do I know? Cats is going to be the next billion dollar hit. It was huge back in the day, wasn't it? Like a 
when it first came to Broadway. I feel oh, like in no, the nineties, no, no, no. maybe. Yeah, Andrew, yeah, the, the, the show, yeah, the show ran forever. But <laughs> just watch the trailer for this movie, and man, it, it it's something. It has a ton of big names too. It'll attract someone. I think it'll get. I mean, it won't do great, especially with Star Wars coming out. Maybe it'll get everyone who doesn't want to watch Star Wars but wants to see a movie. Has like Taylor Swift in it, doesn't it? She'll attract a ton of people. I think it'll do okay. Okay, whatever. We'll we'll, we'll save the conversation for next week. Um, our top five next week is gonna be top five Star Wars moments. So that's gonna be really exciting. Um. Uh, once again, any of the movies uh, they can be a part of. So if you want to share your Star Wars uh, moments with us, uh, email them at Show at gmail.com. We will go through and uh, name some of them that you guys send in. Preferably keep it to the cinematic movies. Uh, I know there's some great moments in uh, Rebels, uh, especially The Mandalorian, and uh, some good moments in Clone Wars. Um, definitely not in the first two seasons. But uh, once it gets past that, some good moments. Uh, but please try to keep it to the movies. There's a ton of great moments uh, in those films. Uh, and we will celebrate the end of the uh, Skywalker saga. Man, it's gonna it's gonna feel weird. Uh, it's gonna it's, it should be emotional. We'll see if it is. Uh, that's gonna be it, Mike. Do you have anything else before we uh, close out here? Uh, no, I'm good. Yeah. All right, you're good. Uh, so Mike will be joining us next week for sure for Star Wars. Uh, I might try and talk you into seeing Cats. Uh, if not, Samantha will be here because she loves movie musicals. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, guys, uh, enjoy your weekend film, and we'll Let's see you next week. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.